Yo, 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 hope you're doing great as always. Getty would appear today in the morning on CNBC with basically two main topics, right? Whenever it comes down to Getty, it's about inflation, deflation, where obviously she's uh, very much leaning into her narrative of uh, inflation, basically deflating that the Fed is again late, overcorrecting. And that's actually the camp I'm also on, right? Obviously, uh, we have seen that the Fed was too slow to hike the interest rates in the first place, kind of let the uh, let the inflation run wild. And now when, you know, it seems like lots of the, the main indicators kind of peaked and we can talk obviously about the freight rates, we can talk about the, the core inflation, we can talk about the inflation overall that's, you know, slightly seems like uh, past the peak, but uh, let's let's hear what she has to say because that's obviously the topic number one and topic number two she's uh, actually starting a venture capital fund right where and it's structured in you know uh, let's say novel way where even let's say a retail investor with as as low as 500 bucks they can invest in that new venture capital fund so obviously there are lots of challenges with it right because venture capital angel investing super super dangerous right obviously lots of those companies just go to zero uh but katie was always the one who's going for those big bold bets so let's hear her out with that and now we want to welcome our special guest to talk about the economy inflation the markets and so much more arc invest ceo and cio kathy wood Kathy, today you're announcing the launch of ARK's Venture Fund. We're going to get to that in a second. But first, we want to talk about the broader markets here in London. Uh, this morning, we saw the, the pound reach a, a low against the dollar. Uh, I want to get your sense of where we are in this economic uh, cycle, if we could. And really, I think, given the conversation we've been having all morning, has inflation peaked? Yes, well, we. Um, it's very interesting to hear people saying, uh, that we'll be able to skirt recession. Uh, we believe we are in a recession. Uh, the durable goods orders we just saw, uh, uh, really we're seeing the strength there because of activity being attracted to the US, a flight to safety. That's why our dollar's been going up as well. Uh, nonetheless, we think we are in a recession. Uh, we're seeing tremendous demand destruction. You see uh, demand for gasoline uh, over the summer down to 25-year lows, 1997, think about that. So lots of demand destruction, uh, and, and we believe it will continue. The good news here is to hear uh, Michael Evans this morning talking about, hey, we're all on the same page, this could be done in the, in the first three months of next year. Well, if the market is the discounting mechanism that it should be, um, then uh, it should be discounting the peak in interest rates. Yes, inflation peaked. We believe core inflation peaked at 5.3%. This is the, the PCE deflator that the Fed supposedly pays the most attention to. 5.3 uh, in February is down to 46 and with all of the price declines that we are seeing out there, whether it's in retail because of too much inventory or way uh, up the pipeline with commodities really falling out of bed, all of them. Uh, yeah, and I would really like to add the, the container rates, right? Uh, I actually have a friend kind of from, from the ground level who, uh, who told me that they were 
you know, just a couple of weeks back, they were charging uh, his company around uh, 10,000 US dollars per container. And last week it was down to like uh, four or 5,000. And he was frankly expecting that it will stay somewhere around like eight to 10 for the rest of the year. But apparently it dropped like a rock and we are at, you know, basically half of what we were just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we think that um, we think the inflation rate is going to be surprisingly low. We would not be surprised to see deflation uh, month to month sequentially for a number of months uh, during the next six months. Does that mean that you are betting that the Fed eases up in a way that they have not signaled thus far? Uh, absolutely. I think they do not appreciate how much demand destruction uh, has taken place out there. Uh, but this holiday season, I think, will be a will be telltale that way. And so I do think we're looking at a major pivot. If we're right that deflation, and we've been saying this for a while, uh, so consider the source, but uh, if we're right that deflation, both for cyclical reasons and for secular reasons, we all we do is look at technology and the cost declines associated with different technologies, and they're massive. Uh, so we think that inflation during the years ahead is going to surprise significantly on the low side of expectations. And then how do you... Well, I think they have been based... Mm. And um, maybe one more important point, right, is that uh, if we actually look what what the Fed was basically saying one year ago, right, that the rain, rates will remain lower for longer, unlikely to raise rates, recession is unlikely, inflation is transitionary, and they just, you know, pivoted like this, meaning, hey, what if they just do 180 again, you know, sometime soon, and at least start to taper? So that's definitely something we have to keep in mind. ...their uh, outlook and their policy on two lagging indicators. Seems they've been paying more attention to the CPI year over year, which is still at over 8%, and employment. Both of those are lagging indicators. The leading indicators, which are all in the pipeline, easy to see right now, are all saying that prices are going to come down. Uh, inflation certainly will come down, but I think the big surprise out there is the number of months we will see actual deflation, negative prices. As, and it's not just because of the US. In fact, we're benefiting from the flight to safety from the rest of the world. What's going on in China uh, is highly deflationary. Uh, what's going on in Europe, uh, the same, this energy is a, a, a huge tax uh, on that continent. One of the other things that's happened in the last few, well, in the last week that I think is fascinating is that both Japan and China have, uh, have, have basically supported their currency. And they're basically saying no mas. <laughs> and in order to do that, what are they doing? They're selling dollars and buying their own currency. So effectively, China and Japan are doing some of the easing that we think the Fed will do, uh, increasing dollars in the system. So, Kathy, what, what, what turns things? Right now, the conventional wisdom, you're already saying we're in recession. The conventional wisdom or prevailing view is that we're headed into recession if we're not in one uh, right now. And it gets worse, not better. You're saying that there's going to be a turn. And I'm trying to understand what is that pivot point the inflection point that moves things in that direction. 
Sure. Uh, we think employment uh, is going to come uh, come down and the unemployment rate up. The Fed thinks so as well. Uh, th that's a lagging indicator, a big lagging indicator. And we do believe that CPI-based inflation, especially because of energy, food sticky, no question about it, but energy prices are coming down against all expectations. Uh, yeah. When we are having these bigger market cycles and recessions, right? Uh, unemployment that's always the the last indicator basically that's you know kind of too late and actually surprisingly you know stock market is, is the thing that usually looks uh, those, those six nine months ahead that's usually the, the conventional wisdom uh, which means that you know we could have foreseen it right when the, the market started to dropping however that doesn't mean that that drop is necessarily due to a recession that that's to come right so that's why it's uh, always tricky to predict and this you know we are having like this this butter butterfly flap effect right where you never know uh what what, what to attribute the the changes to uh i would also say You know, there's so much bearishness in the market. Today, we see Goldman Sachs and BlackRock saying, you know, sell equities. Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, this is like, I remember, this was very early in my career, 1982 Business Week uh, magazine on the front cover saying equities are dead. And now you have some of the, the biggest houses out there who would tend to benefit from a, a positive equity market saying, equities don't don't go there uh we think uh we think that the surprises again both inflation and interest rates are going to be significant the downtime uh, and we do think even though we are in a recession that it won't be as extensive it's going to be much more of an inventory recession and get interest rates and inflation down and, and kathy and and therefore we we see the market move higher as a function of of multiples which have come down or we see earnings actually improve i mean when you start to look at your own portfolio and we were looking at some of this uh, this morning you know since arc started uh the s p is up about 81 you're up uh, about 83 uh the mix of stocks obviously so very different but in terms of trying to outperform the indexes how do you think about that Uh, well, for us to be even ahead of the S&P after such a, a trashing during the last year, you're certainly looking at endpoint sensitivity here. Um, uh, I guess it doesn't surprise me, but what it says is if you look out from here, if we're right, we're going to take off from that 83%. Uh, and, and we believe much faster uh, than the S&P 500 is for two reasons. One, we're focused on Uh, the right side of change, innovation, disruptive innovation. And uh, two, the traditional benchmarks are very backwards looking. And so what is disruptive innovation going to do? It's going to disrupt them. Uh, so I would expect the gap to widen significantly from here. Um, Kathy, you're announcing a, a new uh, effort today uh, with Titan around investing in private companies. Speak to it because a lot of people uh, would say that this is a a uh, terrible time to be uh, introducing some, something like this. And other people would say there's a fabulous time to be introducing something like this. But in terms of people's risk appetite, how do you see it? Well, we're doubling down on innovation. As you can see, we're delighted to be launching uh, with Titan. And in a sense that, 
that kind of makes sense for Katie, right? Because uh, she's always emphasizing the, the innovation companies that will disrupt other companies, disrupt whole industries. And this is the kind of change that often happens in, in the private market, right? You are having these early stage companies, startups that might or might not, or basically like very, uh, most of them will not, but a small percentage will win big. Uh, so that's also what makes it obviously a little bit challenging for Katie, right? Because lots of people are, are basically saying that, hey, you know, in, in ARK Invest, those aren't really innovative companies, right? Where you are having like, like Roku, for example, is that really innovation that we can, you know, uh, watch all of, all, all of these, you know, it's just a consumption, right? Where's where the innovation? So in a sense, I, I kind of applaud this new move. However, of course, that puts a lot of additional weight for like the retail investors, right? How and I haven't looked into how how everything works uh, more in detail, but basically you are you know putting yourself and your capital at at much higher risk, with obviously much higher potential, right? And it's it's almost like a next level, right? When you are starting investing, you want to start with maybe some indexes, proven companies, and then if if you are willing to take up the challenge, pick individual stocks. And then maybe, you know, maybe after, you know, maybe five years, let's say, of investing in the public companies, maybe you want to a little bit learn more about how to invest in, in a private companies. There's definitely a possibility, but, you know, it's completely new skill. So uh, definitely don't don't take it lightly if you want to go with Kitty on this route. <laughs> Uh, and Andreessen Horowitz, uh, Horowitz funded company. Uh, so we are now moving, ARC is moving from social media and social marketing into social distribution, uh, direct to con consumers. So pretty exciting. We are offering investors something they have not been able to access before. Non-accredited investors, meaning they don't meet income or asset thresholds, yep. have not had access to private companies. We want to make sure, that's the biggest question we get when we are uh, out there talking to our clients. Why don't we have access to those kinds of companies? Our knowledge is such, and it's true, if you used accreditation, if you used knowledge as the metric, they would be the accredited investors. Uh, and they're going to do... Because how it usually works with, with the venture capital and angel in investing these days is that you need to be accredited investor, you know, having at least one million in kind of the, the liquid assets and which which should basically, you know, put you in the top percentage of people that should be able to assess the, the risks somewhat with the qualification. And of course, then, you know, for those people, if they maybe want to invest, let's say, 100k in, into some of those companies it's just small portion of your portfolio right so obviously uh now the question is how this the society will take this uh, this new challenge right because uh are the people that are going to join Katie on his new new venture are those the people that already have you know portfolio of like the public companies maybe some indexes maybe have you know uh, 50k let's say in individual stocks and then they put maybe 5k into this new venture fund or are those people that are just you know like going to yolo into this new venture fund with all of the or their their last uh, 5 10k they have to their name so that's definitely something to uh, to keep in mind right because you are you know uh, putting this new tool in front of people and now the question is how they are going to use it
their homework and Titan's going to help us help them uh, do their homework by continuing to give away our research and expose the, uh, exposing them to the management teams uh, and incredible opportunities in both the public and private. Uh, at a steady state, uh, we would expect it 75% uh, private and 25% public. And the reason we're doing it this way is we're giving investors uh, something else they have not had prior. Uh, those invested in our uh, private public crossover fund will uh, be able to get liquidity once per quarter. Uh, up to 5% of the total fund. Uh, and so we do want to have some uh, larger, more liquid uh, stocks in the innovation space, truly disruptive innovation that is, uh, in order to provide uh, some of that uh, liquidity. And, you know, we also have, we're, we're giving our platform uh, to uh, the private world, and we've been working really well with other venture capital companies who are interested in, in exposing uh, some of their companies to uh, investors who are not accredited in their world. So pretty excited by the advisor team we have, the network we have, the research that we've been building over the last right. uh, nine years that we give away to help people understand how, how rapidly and profoundly the world is going to change. Kathy, we often hear from investors who say we want early access. Uh, we want it to be more democratized. And, and to some degree, that's what you're doing. But at the same time, there was that call two and a half, three years ago uh, at the beginning of the SPAC movement. Um, and a lot of people said, I want I want that lottery ticket. I want a chance at that lottery ticket. There were a lot of other people uh, skeptical about the form that that was taking. Obviously, it has not worked uh, as well as uh, I think a lot of people had hoped. How should investors in this fund think differently about this if they should at all? Well, I think one of the reasons that innovation broadly has been hurt significantly in the market is the inflation and interest rate environment. If we're right, and inflation and interest rates are peaking, are in the process of peaking, inflation surely. Uh, interest rates, the Fed seems to want to go again. But if we can see the end of all of this uh, as perhaps economic uh, activity weakens, uh, and what's happening in China and Europe uh, impacts the U.S. as well. Uh, I think that uh, the market will be looking at lower interest rates. I think that's key. Uh, and as I mentioned before, we think uh, that it's going to happen. And one other thing, Andrew, I'd like to add, in terms of access, um, on the Titan app, investors will be able to gain access to public, uh, to public but especially private companies uh, for a minimum of only $500, as opposed to millions and millions it might take to access these sorts of companies uh, in the traditional venture capital space. Yeah, and the, the, the question, right, do we really want to, for someone who, you know, has 500 bucks, put, put it in there, uh, because, you know, when you put the minimum kind of uh, so low, uh, you're just removing all, all of the barriers, right? So meaning it can become quite a wild vest. Uh, so, you know, not, I mean, I applaud it as a great move in terms of it puts the, uh, it puts people in, in the front, right? Each individual, they can decide what's best for them but it's just super important to keep the conversation as honest as possible and you know 
emphasize both the risk and opportunities. Okay, Kathy, we, we got to run, but I guess you to, uh, two sort of uh, rapid fire questions. Are you buying more Tesla? Are you buying more Roku? And, and then finally, I'll, I'll throw them all together. When we spent some time on, on the stage at SALT, the SALT conference about a year ago, we talked about Bitcoin. It's about $20,000 right now. Uh, you said you thought back then, five years time from now, it could be $500,000. Do you stick by that? So Tesla, Roku, Bitcoin. Uh, we, we stand by all of them. Uh, we've been we've been buying Roku um, and 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 you can see that because we disclose our holdings every day. I think our last move on Tesla was a buy. As you know, we trade around it and it actually has held up a lot better uh, than most of our other names because it is in the broad based indices now. Uh, so we have used Tesla to trade around, but it is our top holding still uh, and our confidence couldn't be higher. Uh, as we see the, the movement towards electric vehicles accelerate. Uh, we're pretty excited about uh, the, the next five years. Uh, I think this year there will be uh, almost 8 million EVs sold around the world. We think that goes to 60 million in five years, and we think Tesla's in the driver's seat. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, you heard it, right? So, pretty cool interview. Uh, obviously, Katie still holds her, her deflationary camp. Nothing wrong with that. Obviously, there are some markers that are pointing this way. And considering the venture fund, you know, definitely something worth looking into if, if you have time and, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, extra spare cash to put into some of the more riskier stuff. Because, again, like the most innovation always happens in, in those initial moments, right? Going from zero to one. Uh, and being able to to basically be as early as possible, right? Because that's in a sense that venture capital angel investing playbook, where you know you have a portfolio, of eventually maybe fifty or even hundred companies, right? Over maybe you know five, ten year length of the career, and there will be just a handful of them that will win super big, you know, maybe a hundred x or sometimes even thousand x returns which will basically offset those 90% of companies that will, you know, either go bankrupt or will be acquired for, uh, you know, pennies on the dollar. So let me know what you think about Katy. Obviously, this whole discussion about inflation, deflation, and let us know what you would like to see next time. Take care.